0: Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with a finger roll. What
1: is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Incontested Post Game Podcast Edition. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. We are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and dailythunder.com. And if you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. 100% would help us out. We also do some giveaways, so be sure to uh, stay tuned. And we'll be sure to send out sometimes stickers, sometimes it's a T-shirt. If you go and leave us a five-star rating, sometimes you'll get rewarded even. So uh, it would be greatly appreciated. You can find us on Twitter at the underscore contested Instagram at the same. You can find us at YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. We're there. Friends, what a fun time to be a Thunder fan. <laughs> we are back. The Thunder defeat the Pacers 126 to 106. The live chat is already popping. I see Gable, uh, Ecool, uh, Unk, uh, Carrie, Cicero. Appreciate all of you already jumping in even more viewing right now so be sure to continue to drop those comments those questions I'll be sure to get to those at the end like I mentioned just a super super fun one to break down tonight um uh, the thunder just on on an absolute roll no no pun and no Garth Brooks Garth Brooks pun intended uh, just a lot of fun things to take away from here but I had to come down with five had it had to break it down to five big takeaways and we'll obviously get into uh, more detail as we go further along in the podcast. But to kick things off, my five big takeaways. The Thunder are are already a really good basketball team. The perfect Lou Dort for this iteration of the Thunder. Something we've talked a lot about with Lou Dort, um, really ever since last season, uh, specifically as the Thunder have kind of begun to transition back into somewhat of contention. Um, talked a lot about Lou Dort. I thought the, the recent stretch of games we've seen from Lou is the perfect Lou that we kind of hope to see this season that we haven't seen as much of this season. And some of that is because Chet's been out. Other players have been out. But what we've seen from Lou, especially tonight, as we'll get into, is the Lou Dort I want to see long-term. Isaiah Joe continues to light it up, and that is really underselling it. I mean, he's doing a lot of impressive things on both ends of the floor. Uh, But today and and tonight, we'll specifically talk about his scoring, the shooting he brings to this team, just how critical that is. Um, Just really, really impressive stuff from Isaiah Joe. A little more uh, depressing, uh, heavy-hearted note, Trey Man disappearing a little bit. and I have a little sub-bullet point here. Uh, in typical uncontested <laughs> terms, I am uh, cheating a bit here, but I also have Darius Baisley kind of fitting into that mold as well. And when we go through uh, the breakdown of these actual takeaways, you'll kind of see how those two fit together. And then my last one here, it's very simple, Kenny Hustle. So like I said, a super fun one. Uh, we'll break this this down a little bit, go through a little bit of a game-by-game game breakdown, and then we'll actually get into some of these big themes I mentioned here at the top. Uh, like I said, continue to drop some of the comments and questions. We'll be sure to get to those at the end as well. And like, like I said, it's just such a fun time. I just would really love for this to be collaborative um, with all of you guys dropping some of those comments and questions, and um, we'll just continue to enjoy this stretch of Thunder Basketball together. Uh, but before we do that, just some notes on, and a breakdown of tonight's game. Some pregame notes that I have here. Halliburton still out for the Pacers, which is really disappointing. Obviously, super fun player. Uh, Jacob loves Halliburton, and it's very, very hard not to. I mean, obviously, I do too. All of us do as well. Uh, Halliburton's just somebody that Jacob's really liked since the draft, is why I mentioned that. Um, and obviously, like I said, we're all very big Halliburton fans here, so it was really disappointing not to be able to get to see Halliburton for Shea. There's actually a really interesting uh, image that was, was brought up on the Valley Sports broadcast that I didn't take a picture of, so I don't have to break down. Um, but it was comparing some of the stats between the Thun- this Thunder team and the Pacers team. They were eerily similar, like bench points per game. Um, there, there's all kinds of different stats. And honestly, when you think about this team, I mean, e- or these teams, uh, obviously, I it, biased but i think the thunder probably have quite a bit higher of a ceiling in regards to the young players that they have as well as obviously the draft pick arsenal um but just as they currently sit, like you know the pacers have exceeded expectations as well in the eastern conference and just this season in a nutshell two pretty similar teams and so it was really kind of cool to see that that image if any of y'all in the chat uh remember seeing that or, or got to see that um like i said i didn't take any or remember remember it i didn't take a screenshot or a, a picture or anything of it. And I thought it was really interesting and that's something to know. So all of that to say, it was a little disappointing that we didn't get to see Halliburton versus Shea because I think it would have been a very, very fun matchup. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think it would have mattered tonight, but it still would have been a very fun matchup. However, the matchup we did get was Lou Dort versus Matherin or uh, Matherin versus J-Dub. If you want to think about the rookie to rookie matchup, you know, there's a lot of places, Sam uh, San Vesini's one of them at the athletic, you know, they've ranked the, the rookies for this season and have, you know, obviously Apollo one and then Matherin typically two, followed shortly by JW at three. So we kind of got that fun matchup. It wasn't a super tonight. It wasn't very much a J-Dub versus Matherin one-on-one, uh, but it was really cool to get to see the two Canadians, the two really good friends and Dort and Matherin getting, getting to guard each other there. There's actually some, some post-game comments that that door had. And I just saw how high he thinks of Matherin getting to train with him in the off season, uh, the friendship that they've had, etc., etc. Obviously Matherin had that quote. Uh, preseason about, you know, Lou Dwart being the player he is most excited to match up against. Lou <laughs> got the better of that one, as we will get into. The starters for tonight, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Lou Dwart, J-Dub, Kendrick Williams. And I am officially declaring it, maybe again, I'm a little biased. Yes, I am. Uh, and maybe I'm a little salty. Yes, I am. But I am calling this <laughs> the Thunder's version of the death lineup because obviously the infamous infam- infamously named um, death lineup of the golden state warriors where draymond green's playing that small ball five this is the this current iteration of the thunders version of that and you know obviously i kid in regards to the the thunder versus warriors comparison there but i think there are some real comparisons that can be made and it's obviously working really really well i didn't dive into the numbers uh, with that line specifically maybe that's something i'll do this week and maybe can bring it up on the 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 group podcast coming up uh, next week, but regardless, <laughs> it's working really, really well. Um, and we don't see it every matchup because obviously sometimes when there's, yeah, you know, it, it just depends on the matchup when they don't want to play it. But I continue to be really, really impressed with that starting five. Um, and also just a, a quick note that I put in here: this was obviously before the game started, but with Clippers' loss last night, the Thunder were 0.5 games out of being tied for uh, eighth place and one game out of being tied for sixth. Obviously, we'll get get into that that has been updated and is much better spoiler alert so first quarter 10-1 start by okc in this one against indiana and the pacers call a timeout with about nine thirty-nine remaining because thunder were just absolutely dominating a the 10 thunder points came in the paint and shay headed to the line to finish in one i mean it was just domination Shea dominated from start to finish so much so that he got some rest in the fourth quarter and just like again I don't want to just like continue to praise this team and compare it to previous iterations of the thunder team, or just us here at the end contestant in general. And for that to seem like a, you know, a knock on previous thunder iterations of the thunder or previous stars of the thunder. But when was the last time that the thunder should have taken care of business and their stars should have gotten some rest for some big games coming up, but didn't get to, you know, that's always been a frustration of mine. And, you know, it's not so much, you know, the past couple of seasons, but, uh, but she got some rest. He didn't, played the entire fourth quarter. And he just came out from the very beginning dominating, which was awesome. That That's actually the next note. I the Thunder are absolutely dominating all over on defense up to two steals, but it felt like much more than that ton of deflections. They went on a 17 to one run, seven assists on the Thunder's first eight made baskets. That will be a theme that we'll talk about and just excellent uh, commitment to team offense, offense principles right out of the gate, which was, I mean, really, really great to see uh, Jay will comes in immediately knocks down three. Jay Wills had some really good contributions in limited minutes, and the same could be said with his play tonight. I thought that was great. Isaiah Joe was the next sub, and as we'll get into, continue to be uh, really effective. Very intrigued with the Joe versus Man thing moving forward. I, again, I don't mean to like put the put them against one another necessarily, but it's something to monitor, especially with tonight. Going to hold off on that point. We'll get into it here in a bit, a, a bit later. Uh, J-Dub dribbled and kicked out to Isaiah Joe for three. Uh, I mean, it was just, everything was rolling. The lineup was fantastic. It was Shea, Isaiah Joe, Aaron, Aaron Wiggins, J-Will, J-Dub. Very, very fun lineup. Uh, this is from Nick Gallo. Seven free throw attempts for Shea in the first quarter. He's racked up at least 10 free throws attempts in his last seven, in 17 of his last 26 games, excuse me. And Shea also had another, Double-digit scoring quarter, his 55th of the year. So I throw that stat in there just to show how dominant Shea has been and how dominant he was this game in only three quarters of play. The Thunder led 36-20 after one quarter, shot 12-20 from the floor, 11 assists, 5-11 from three. Just pretty incredible stuff. Also, Shea had all of the free throws except for two of them. Uh, And I believe the Thunder had nine free throws in the first quarter. So again, complete domination. Second quarter, Dignall started Giddy, Baisley, Trey, Muscala, Wiggins. It did not work out very well. Spoiler alert. Uh, the lead went down to nine really quick. Lou <laughs> came in very quickly after a timeout. Still didn't help much. Uh, the Pacers got it pretty close. I don't even remember how close they got it. It might have been four or six. Uh, and quickly, just a, I think you, you call that a hockey substitution where they bring in basically a whole new lineup. Dignall, Subnance, Shea, J-Dub, Kenrich, Isaiah, Joe, all coming in, left flew Dort in, uh, and he did it with about 5.30 left, and it took a little bit uh, to kind of gel again, but the lineup got back together, and from there, the Thunder really didn't look back. Joe hit a three with about 3.16 left, put the Thunder back up nine, uh, 3.16 left in the half, excuse me. Dort started two Dort, great cuts, uh, had a, a awesome uh, catch-and-shoot three, or a couple of them, I believe, uh, put the Thunder up 58-44 to 44 with 48.96 left in the half, and then Again, at the half, 58-44, to 44, much better into the quarter. Due to that substitution change that Dignall did, Luke led all Thunder players with 17 points. Shea and Isaiah both had 12 apiece and 19 assists on 20 made shots for OKC. Pretty, pretty good. That would just continue. I'll go pretty quickly here in the second half. Uh, honestly, there wasn't a ton more of like big highlights that happened. Uh, but with the third and the fourth quarters you know, coming out of the half, they quickly got out to an 82-63. to 63. Three lead, and the pace was largely set there by Giddy. Uh, Giddy isn't like really mentioned here in, in my big takeaways necessarily, but he had another fan, really solid game. Uh, the way he's able to just set the pace, his chemistry with both shay and with J Dub, um, and that's, you know, whether he's the lead uh, primary ball handler, Shea's on the bench, or they're all three playing together. I mean, it's been incredibly impressive, and that continued into tonight. 100 to 73 after three quarters. Again, it just, the, the stats keep piling up. Uh, career high re- rebounds for Doord. Third career double, oh, sorry, uh, second career double-double for Karen Schlamm's. Career high in assist. Uh, Giddy, J-Dub, JW, J-Will, Wiggins, and Isaiah Joe all closed the majority of the game until about 425 to go, and we finally saw Trey Mann come in. I mentioned that for one of my uh, upcoming segments here, but that lineup uh, minus Trey man did really really well, and then the, the, the lineup with Trey man. I mean, that's not a knock on Trey. It, once Trey did come in, they continued to play well. Um, but that lineup did a really good job of closing things out, and therefore that's why we didn't see Lou or Shay come back in, uh, Shea come back in at all in the fourth quarter. So, like I said, uh <laughs> really complete domination there after that run that the the Pacers. Went on there in the second quarter and just continued. I, I continue to be really impressed with the way that this young Thunder team is able to withstand those runs, go on runs of their own. Uh, we've seen it, you know, especially over the past couple of weeks where there have been really good teams, and, and that's no knock against the Pacers, who I, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, are a solid team, but there's been really good, like playoff continued teams who have gone on multiple runs against the Thunder and they've responded. Well, tonight, you know, against a team like the Pacers, uh, the Pacers went on a, a run. They responded. The Thunder responded in return and then pretty much shut them out the rest of the game. And that's just really, really impressive stuff. What that shows to me is that they're playing the same brand of basketball, regardless of the opponent, Uh, regardless if it's the Pacers without Halliburton or if it's the fully stocked Sixers of last week, for example. So uh, that's just something I wanted to mention there. And um, again, really good stuff. So like I mentioned, I, I have my big takeaways Just to put a little spin on it, you you all know I typically do positives, negatives, but that gets dull after a little while. So I'm switching up just slightly. We're going to do some stock up, stock down. Shout out to co-host of the podcast, Kamiar. Uh, He came up with this a couple seasons ago, I believe. It's been a really good segment, I think, for post-games in in, in order to break some of the big themes down. So you all know me. Pretty much a, a positive person overall. So I like to start on the negatives and with the positives. Therefore, we are starting with stock down. Again, I continue to see y'all uh, commenting. I, I apologize to the listeners, <laughs> the uh, listening in the podcast form after, but just a shout out to everyone in the chat. Promise I'm going to get those comments and those, those questions. We have a really, really good uh, live viewership tonight. Just wanted to give them a shout out and let them know that you're not being forgotten. I will get to y'all soon, I promise. Uh, so jumping into the, the stock downs. Trey man. And look, I love Trey Man. Y'all know I love Trey Man. I'm not going back on the things I've said about Trey Man, but we've talked about potentially some casualties uh, of the way that uh, this Thunder team moving forward. Like what we mean by that is Presti is building this team in such a way from top to bottom. You know, one thing we mentioned heading into the season, it's very different than like years past, the past couple of seasons where there's like, you know, no offense to some of these players, but the Moses Browns, the Charles Brown juniors, you know, those players... Uh, that you aren't quite as invested in because you you know that they probably aren't going to play a part of this team moving forward. Where this year, you're quite literally invested in 1 through 15 and even 1 through 17 in a way uh, when you think about like Lindy Waters and uh, Rudy. Excuse me. So there's going to be some casualties (laughs) from this rebuild. And what we mean by that is there's going to be players who don't stay with this Thunder team moving forward. Uh, in the next iteration of the Thunder competing for the playoffs and championships, but they'll go off elsewhere and be great NBA players. And it's not necessarily like, oh, the Thunder, why did they cut him? How did they miss out on this player? It's just like, we'd rather invest in these other guys. Uh, we think they have higher upsides or they fit the team better. And so that mini rant aside, I think Trey Mann potentially, I, th- I think we need to at least bring it up. Like, Could he be that uh, kind of fall into that category? So just reading off his stat line tonight, and again, this isn't just hating on Trey man. I'm a big Trey man fan. Um, but tonight three points, three rebounds, one assist, one of four from the floor, uh, 101 one of one from three. That was great. His one catch and shoot three in the corner was, I mean, that's big time for this team, uh, but he has 16 minutes, which is tied for Jay will out of Arkansas for the second least minutes off the bench. Uh, Jerry Spazley was the only player who played less, which we also will get into. And that's kind of inflated those minutes and stats just due to, like I said, the end of the game. If you all listen to my post game breakdown or sorry, my, my game breakdown, he came in with about four minutes left. He didn't really play a lot there in the third and fourth quarter in, in critical minutes. And that's kind of been a theme this season. Now he has played a pretty solid stretch over the past couple of weeks but even then like he's playing alongside Isaiah Joe. Um, we haven't really seen a Trey man breakout game. Like we're hoping to see heading into the season. And so over the last, and I looked this up over the-, the last five games, Trey is averaging the second least minutes per game on the team at 12.7 behind only Lindy waters, the two way player, right. Or one of the two way players. So my point is, is Trey a candidate to be a victim of the upcoming roster crunch and just something that's in the back of my mind. Uh, this isn't a thunder favorite. I understand that, uh, John Hollinger, he did mention, and look, I don't like Hollinger's takes on the Thunder either. I have some pretty uh, personal takes on my own uh, for the reason I think Hollinger uh, views the Thunder in a certain view, uh, which now is not the time to get into that. However, Hollinger is very connected and does have a lot of connections around the league. And one thing he mentioned here a couple weeks ago in his article after going to the G League Showcase in Las Vegas was that rival execs felt that trade man going to the G League Showcase was essentially a way, you know, again, no pun intended, but to showcase Trey Mann for the trade deadline. Something to keep in mind there. Again, Trey Mann's a great player. It's not that he's not going to be a great NBA player, or maybe he'll be a great NBA player for this next iteration of the Thunder. But for now, it's worth mentioning that he could be the next casualty of the Thunder rebuild, if you want to put it that way. And that's why, uh, socked down as well, I have Darius Baisley. Because Darius Baisley has played really great, especially during that road trip um, here where the Thunder played so well and, and got some really great wins. We talked a lot about that last week on our, or earlier this week on our group podcast. And he's played, uh, like, I mean, had really great co- contributions as well, had a great answer uh, after, I believe it was the last game of the road trip where he mentioned, you know, it's not about him, it's about the team. And I mean, just great things from Baisley. And even after all of that tonight in a blowout win, he only plays five minutes and there was plenty of opportunity. Like I said, even with Trey Mann coming in with like four minutes left, you would think basically would get that time as well. He's not. So you have to mention that uh, it's something to worth worth noting. Again, I think basically could also be a player who I'm not saying basically is a bad NBA player. I think he also could be a player, uh, a casualty of this rebuild who goes to another team, has a very defined role and plays really, really well. But Baseline and Trey Mann are my two stock downs for tonight for that very reason. And I think it's just worth starting to discuss, right? Having a healthy discussion about I don't want to trash them. I don't want to say they aren't NBA players. But I think it's worth having a healthy healthy discussion about if they are casualties of this specific rebuild. Now, enough of the quote-unquote negatives. Let's go ahead and go up with some stock ups. Ludor, we got to start there. Like I said, is this the perfect Lou for this iteration of the Thunder? Yes, I've been, I, I was frustrated with Lou earlier in the season. A lot of us were. Uh, you can go back and listen to some of our podcasts. I'm not trying to go back on some of the things we said. But he's been playing much, much better. And it's been a, a consistent theme alongside this team playing so well recently. Pre-game, Daniel had a really good quote. He said, we're trust- trusting Lou more and more with decision-making in his drives. I think we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that, especially tonight. Uh, and then post game, comparing that quote to the post game quote from Dignant said that Lou had a lot to do with setting the tone early, made a lot of the right decision making plays. There's a theme there decision making. And we're seeing it. it. It's better and better. Next thing is the catch and shoot three. Again, I didn't pull up stats here, but the catch and shoot three for Lou, we talked a lot about it. Actually, uh, his stat from um, the, I, I can't remember his name. This is bad. I think it's Whitehead.
2: It's his last name.
1: I don't know. The founder of Synergy, one of the founders of Synergy, the head of Synergy Sports, uh, tweeted something out uh, for each team about who is most efficient and what spots on the court. Lou Dort, I believe it's the left corner, is the most efficient uh, for the Thunder. And so it's not just that as but but also his catch and shoot three over this recent stretch i feel like has been a huge huge benefit to the Thunder team like i said i don't have specific sets so i apologize but the catch and shoot has been so much better for lou and that's critical because we've seen him struggle with that especially early on this season so for him to be getting better and better at that i mean it, it just shows how luke could fit with this future iteration
2: if you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player in Interviews, Every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on the old man and the three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: You know, there's been a ton of talk about it. I thought Nikaias Duncan has had some really good talk about it. He had an article. Um, I think he was he was on uh, a podcast with Andrew Schleck recently. He talked about it. The point of attack defense is obvious. But tonight, 22 points, 11 rebounds, which is a career high. 8 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. 70% true, 70 true shooting percentage. Three offensive fouls drawn as well. Thought that was a really impressive stat. Just another fantastic fantastic performance for Lou Dort, especially when you know when when Shay's out he's able to come in and contribute like that Almost like guys like like giddy like Jada. I mean I I thought tonight was a, a the perfect encaps, encapsulation I can't talk excuse me um of what we would like to see from Lou moving forward a little more of a defined role but also being able to do a little more than just be a 3 and D player being able to create off the dribble create for teammates this is kind of where you're seeing, you know, we talk about does Lou really fit this iteration of the Thunder with his versatility and these long bodies that, you know, all these players that Thunder that that Presti is putting together. What we're seeing is they value his defense, his leadership, obviously his shot making, uh, so much that they're giving him a little more of a longer leash this season. As I, I used that analogy earlier in the season, to be able to kind of improve in some of the areas, of the versatility areas that he struggled in early on in his career that I think will, will help him fit this iteration of the Thunder moving forward a little better. So come next season, you know, we see a more defined blue dwarf, but not just a 3 and D specific player, a, a player who can still do a little bit of everything. And I, I find that really interesting because that's such a, a a stark contrast to like bringing in Usman Jang, who already has all the versatility. You just have to refine it. Um, it's kind of the opposite of that. And so I just wanted to mention that, that the blue that we've seen recently, I think is the perfect... Lou for the thunder moving forward and I hope to see more and more of it as the season goes goes along. I went very long there speaking of long. Uh we'll try and get through the rest of these a little quicker by Isaiah Joe. My player of the game, actually the the people's player of the game. I had you all vote on it because there are so many good options. Isaiah Joe was the player of the game. We'll get into him here in a little bit. Kenny Hustle is my next one. Kenner Williams. You need to go listen to the Thunder U podcast, the official podcast of the Thunder with Nick Gallo, uh, Paris Larson. They had a really, really good conversation with Kenrich, and he just talks about the leadership, uh, just the the culture in the locker room, uh, as well as on the floor. Really gives a great insight, not only into this Thunder team and the season, the past couple of seasons, Dagnon as a coach, Shea as a leader, Shea's. Uh, Impact and like his demeanor that's rubbed off on, for example, he uh, Kenrich actually credits you know, Shay Swagger on and off the court, especially this season in confidence, kind of rubbing off on Josh Giddy, that being why we're seeing some of the too small motions from Giddy, for example. Anyways, a lot of good stuff. I encourage you all to go and listen to that, but you also get a really good insight into Kenrich as a leader on and off the floor. Uh, tonight had a career high tennis assist, his second career double double. And he played as a center. He actually called himself that. You know, he's like, I, technically, I'm a center uh, in these lineups on the Thunder U podcast. I thought that was really interesting. He's leading the league in charges taken, which I found interesting. I didn't know that until tonight. He also had 12 points, 10 assists, like I mentioned, that's like a career high for Kenrich was fantastic. Five rebounds, five of eight from the floor, two of four from three, plus 24, which I think was like right behind Shea as a team high. And I think this this quote from Dagnall just, like I said, kind of summarizes. At all, when you're as selfless as he is, he gets lost in the team, lost in the game. He's the ultimate compete together player. He's the ultimate glue guy. Is basically, sorry, that was the end of the quote. What I'm taking from that is that he's the ultimate glue guy, right? I mean, going back and looking at that quote, he gets lost in the team, lost in the game. He's the ultimate compete together player. I mean, I just think that's the epitome of Kenner's Williams. So finally my last stock up here are the thunder themselves surprise. (laughs) Just some pretty wild stats. I've come across tonight and just after tonight's game franchise record, 41 assists for the thunder. And you think again about all the different iterations of the thunder, the Russell Westbrook, triple doubles, the Russ PG years, the Russ and Kevin Durant years, the uh, even the Chris Paul point God year with uh, Shea and, Den Schroeder, the the three guard lineup, all those players that have come through OKC, and this is the year that the Thunder set a franchise record, forty one assists tonight. I think Kamiar said it best in our uncontested slack, where our uncontested group text group message that we have, where he was like, "Ball movement is fun," and again, not like I said earlier in the podcast, not a knock on any former iteration or players of of previous you know previous Thunder players uh, or previous iterations of the team the ball movement is fun this brand of basketball is extremely fun and it's just like continues to get better and better and like i said i think that franchise record 41 assists tonight obviously the thunder are not always going to hit their shots like that leading to the the record-breaking assist numbers but it just shows the style of play that the thunder are playing this isn't just a one game thing um, they're 7-2 since the new year they have the best Net rating in the league this month, so therefore in the year 2023, right? Or to start the year 2023, uh, they're averaging 124 points per game, third most in the league, which is pretty incredible for the youngest team in the the league. Uh, And that's probably slightly increased by tonight. It's not going to – they scored 126, so probably, you know, maybe it does bump up to 125, whatever. Point still stands. They won seven of their last nine, obviously. They're a plus 112 over that stretch. They have the 11th best, this from our own Nick Crane, 11th best uh, net rating on the season at plus 1.17, which just to put that into perspective, barely behind the Milwaukee Bucks. Pretty impressive. They're a half game out of the sixth seed now after their win tonight. I kind of mentioned what I had there at the top of the podcast. They're now only a half game out of the sixth seed in the wild, wild west. Oh. Yeah, and by the way, Shea rested the whole fourth quarter tonight. Poku's still hurt. JRE's still hurt, which is a little concerning because Dagon doesn't seem to have really positive updates on him the past couple times he's been asked about him. Uh, Usman's obviously has been out with his wrist injury. Like Those players will be coming back at some point this season, hopefully, not going to win. Uh, at least Poku and Us, and we'll see we, at what point JRE comes back. Oh, yeah, and by the way, there's some guy named Chet Holmgren. Not sure if you all have heard of, about him, but uh, he'll be healthy by next season. Not to mention the plethora of draft picks, like I mentioned as well. So just a ton of exciting things. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but there's a lot of excitement uh, when, when you break it down that way. And a lot of uh, fun things to look forward to. And so, like I said, <laughs> very fun and exciting. Uh, not only time as a Thunder fan, but a, a fun game to be able to break down here. Player of the game. That was the, the one I mentioned earlier there in my stock up. Isaiah Joe. Pretty impressive stats. Uh, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 7-12 shooting. But guess what? All of them were from 3. <laughs> he was not only 7-12 from the field, he was 7-12 from 3. Which is just, I mean, incredible to have a floor spacer like that. I mean, it really is. I, I hate, and I'm also guilty of this, talking in hyperboles and, and exaggerating, <laughs> But I think it's very fair to start having the conversation. Is Isaiah Joe the best or at least one of the best shooters in OKC history? He's obviously one of the best. I think it's pretty fair to say at this point that he's probably the best, even though it's only been one season. Uh, I mention that only because I think it's it's fair to really think about him with this iteration of the Thunder long term. And I kind of contrast that trait, man. I hate putting them together, but you have to because that's just w- w- when there's only so many roster spots. Like, you know, that's that's just the nature of the game. There's going to be another draft pick coming up in, in this upcoming draft, assuming Princey doesn't trade for another, uh, if he likes this draft a lot. You're going to have to make open roster spots to be able to bring those players in. Baisley and Trey right now are probably uh, two candidates to really be thinking about. And I think Isaiah Joe has kind of put himself head and shoulders above those two. Uh, to be safe moving. I I hate putting it that way, be safe, but at least to move forward with this iteration of the thunder, because he's not only playing, you know, obviously spacing the four so well and and microwave score off the bench, providing a a spark off the bench, but he's also performing and and competing really well defensively. So shout out Isaiah Joe uh, player of the game, uncontested player of the game, not just the uncontested player of the game, uh, but that's the player that y'all chose in, in the poll I tweeted out earlier. So I think that's all I have. Like I said, a lot of fun, really good stuff. Appreciate all of you in the chat. We're going to go ahead and get through these really quickly. Uh, Gable said, K Williams was fantastic. We just talked a lot about him. Uh, e Cool says, oh yeah, baby. Unk says, Thunder Up. Carrie says, I love how J Dub called Kenny Hustle Big Five at the end of the game. I actually min- uh, missed that. That's pretty awesome. Big Five. Like I said, Thunder You podcast. Kenrich actually refers to himself as a, a center. Kind of laughs about it. Pretty awesome stuff. Jalen Williams fan page. JW fan page says what's up. What up JW fan page? Love it. Appreciate the follow. Uh, Connor B. Thunder up. Let's see. Amen. Bench is a good point. Clippers loss. That pick is looking nice. Uh, like our guy Jacob mentioned on the, the group podcast we did last weekend. Or I guess earlier this week. How poetic would it be? The Thunder beating the Clippers. Led by Shady Gilchrist Alexander. And the play-in. Leading to the Thunder, uh, utilizing that pick swap and, and choosing to pick the better of the two picks, which would be the Clippers. I mean, just poetic. Don't want to jinx it, but regardless, good point there by Amon. Gable says, "Stream chat has been popping since we started winning. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Really appreciate all of you. Continue to keep it going. Um, we we greatly appreciate the support. It makes see so much more fun. Like I said, more interactive." Tony Sassine asks, where does Joe rank in regards to our best free agent signings? What a sniper. Great point, Tony. Like I said, probably safe to say the best uh, shooter in OKC Thunder, outside shooter in OKC Thunder history. He's got to be up there in free agency signings. And uh, I don't have this. I I need to memorize this name. It's really poor of me not to. But if you go back and see some of my tweets um, from preseason, uh, as well as, uh, I mentioned it during the podcast, but they they brought over a front office exec from the Sixers. The Thunder did, and he was the one who was uh, really kind of leading the charge with guys like Tyrese Maxey. Drafting Tyrese Maxey and Isaiah Joe uh, was another one, amongst many other players, obviously. But that being said, he comes over. It's not a coincidence that when Isaiah Joe was cut, that I think he obviously made a big push to for the Thunder to sign him. And man, has it paid off? So props to the Sixers, former Sixers exec that I am uh, doing a very poor job of remembering his name. <laughs> Zuri says, "Looks like Chip has been working with Dort. Great point. I think we're starting to see uh, starting to see some of the dividends start to pay off with Chip England being on this OKC Thunder staff, not just with Dort, but with all these players." David Skelton, not criticizing Shay, but it seems like we never go on our huge runs until it's Giddy's turn to run the show. It's a great point, Skelton, uh, or David. And I also think it's worth noting, you know, there's some really good chemistry there with J-Dub and Giddy when Shay is on the bench, which is a great, great thing for this team. But when Shay's doing his, you know, his superstar stuff, it certainly leads to a different style and play. Um, now, Shay can certainly fit to that style of play that the Thunder are so great at. But I think it's an interesting point you bring up, and it certainly is acknowledged by me. Um, Equal says, Kenny Hustle, Giddy, and Lou with double-doubles. How good is that? Uh, Equal, it's pretty damn good. Let's see. And with that ranking, Taylor lost his bet. Oh, boy. Amen. I'm not even sure which one I lost. I, I lost plenty at this point. You're going to have to let me know. <laughs> right. Amen has a good comment here. A fun stretch of wins, but the teams we've beaten... Haven't been 100. What's the biggest takeaway from the stretch of basketball? With that in mind, I would argue that some of these teams have been, um but I certainly understand that. The other thing is that the Thunder are beating these teams with pretty good margins. Uh, there was actually a pretty good tweet about that. it said about that, that. Thunder PR tweeted out that I, I don't want to go back and look up because we're already going a little long here. The Thunder are taking care of business regardless. That was kind of my point about like the, the Pacers p- pushed back in the, the second quarter and the Thunder just took care of business the rest of the way, whereas. We saw, against some of these better teams like Brooklyn, my uh, better teams like the Sixers. They went on multiple runs, and then they were able to respond. My point is they're the, playing the same way of basketball. It's, it's sustainable, so it doesn't really matter who it is. They're going to play that same competitive brand, which is going to lead to some pretty decent wins regardless of the opponent. Let's see. As far as Joe versus man, this is from Connor B., the defense has shifted towards Joe. He's been much better on defense lately, especially tonight. He has been crazy good last week or so. Yeah, no, I agree completely, Connor. Uh, I mentioned that earlier before going to the the comments. I, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> uh, Kerry asks, if, if Giddy started this way, do you think Giddy should be an all-star? Very, very good point. He would have a great case for it. The West is so crazy. I'm not sure that he would necessarily make it unless you could like classify him as a forward. And even then, it's maybe even more crowded. Um, but he certainly would be in consideration had he started the game, started the season like this. And you know what, I think we're, we're going to be, you know, I, I think Shay, assuming he makes it this season, stays healthy, makes it this season, uh, stays healthy, makes it next season. It's kind of like a lock. I think we'll be doing a similar push for Giddy, uh, for next year's all-star game as we have been this year and last year for, for Shay, assuming he continues to play at this level, which I think he will uh let's see excited to get poku back connor just imagine chet with this team my guy tof taylor is the best shout out connor i'm trying to scroll through these uh, without it being poor podcasting connor also mentioned there are just limitless moves for pressey at this point everybody on the team is at an all-time high value other than darius Basley, picks and swaps emerging stars it's impossible not to be overly excited very good point I like that comment That was a great interview with Kentrich. You can see how proud he is of this young team. That's from Equal. I could not agree more. He's not only proud of these young guys and being the older, but also just proud of his contributions to this team and being a part of this team, I think. And finally, I think that's it. Oh, Vince Rosman. Thank you, Eamon. You're the man. Always watching out for me. Vince Rosman is the exec that the Thunder brought over um, from the Sixers. So appreciate all of you in the chat. Especially Eamon, Connor, uh, Toph, a lot of you guys coming in clutch with some great great uh carry. G- uh, all right, I, I don't mean that to, to undermine the rest of you all who have commented, but really appreciate your your all's contributions and especially my man Eamon for watching out for me when I forget things. He's kinda like uh Siri or Alexa always in the background when I'm on when we're on the podcast. We're like, hey Eamon. and uh he'll answer the question. Shout out to Amen and shout out this Thunder team. Extremely fun and exciting stuff. Thunder are playing great, great basketball. Just looking ahead really quick Friday, they play at Sacramento, which would be a fantastic game. If the Thunder can stop the beam from happening, that'd be great. That'd be great stuff. Uh, Sunday, they play at the Nuggets, obviously area, a pretty brutal uh, two games there against some two really good good teams in the West. And then they get a pretty nice break. Monday, Tuesday, no games. They're back home pretty awesome they get to rest be in their own beds get some good practices in and then Wednesday night they play the struggling Atlanta Hawks at home so a lot of fun stuff to look forward to as Thunder fans obviously it's crazy to think that we're already like almost all the way through January we're getting closer and closer to the all-star break and there will obviously be Thunder players represented there so thank you all again for tuning in for all of your support here recently and, and always and as always and until and, until next time Thunder up.